Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the JRPG Report. This is episode 242. My name is Dalton Suter. I hope you all are having a wonderful new year, and I hope you had a Merry Christmas and enjoyed the holiday or whatever whatever holiday you may celebrate, you know, whatever whatever is uh, your thing. I hope you had an enjoyable time with your family or friends or both, and I hope you had a good new year and stayed safe. And it is now 2023, which is going to be a banger year for some RPGs, as far as I have seen, both JRPGs and non, but of course, we'll only cover the JRPGs here. But I do want to let you all know that <clears throat> I have picked up Tales of Arise. Now, I haven't started it yet, but I am very much looking forward to diving into that and playing it in my own time. And also, over the course of this year, I have convinced my buddies on the Steam Machine podcast, and if you'd like to check that out, you know, we're available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, over the next year, we are going to play Persona 5 in the background, Persona 5 Royal specifically, in the background, along with all of our other games that we're playing throughout the year. And at the end of the year, we're going to do a Persona 5 episode and really dive deep into that game and how it, you know, maybe not go story beat by beat, you know, because that could get a little in the weeds, but really give our feelings on how, and I've, I'm finally going to get to talk about Persona 5 the way I want to, and I can't wait. Um, and I can't wait to see their reactions to it because we all know that that's a great game. So that is also another thing that is going to be going on this year. Um, and I am going to be sneaking as many JRPGs as I can into the Steam Machine because I love them and I want to play more of them. <laughs> and we will definitely also uh, be playing Trails in the Sky second chapter at some point this year. It has been decided by all three of us. We are all three like ready to see that happen. So keep your ears peeled for that as well. But enough of my jargon. Let's dive right into some news, shall we? Now, I wanted to start off on December 20th, and, I, and I'm bringing this up for a specific reason. Um, on December 20th, it was the 35th anniversary of the release of of the first fantasy star for the master system slash mark three now i bring this up because that was the first jrpg that i ever played one of my first systems ever was a master system and i had fantasy star and it just did something to me where like from then on i loved those types of games those turn-based games even though that first fantasy star was ridiculously hard and i never really got past the first area when i was a little kid but going back to it now, I can really appreciate what that game was doing at the time it came out. And it's just, it's tremendous. Um, and to, not to, you know, plug my other podcast again, but on the Steam Machine sometime this year, I would really like to sneak in like F Fantasy Star 4 because that's available on Steam and just, and play that. Cause I've heard so much good about it, but I've never gotten around to actually checking it out. So tweet me, tweet me at JRPG Report. Let me know if, uh, I should check out Fantasy Star 4 or if it's something I should just like watch a retrospective on or something. Let me know. So, but yeah, shout outs to Fantasy Star. So Atlas is planning several unannounced titles. The company has said in its New Year's 2023 greeting in 2023, starting with the re-releases of Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden Remasters, we're also preparing several unannounced titles. Please look forward to them. So I thought that that was interesting. I'm like, hmm. So we're getting, we're getting some more Atlas stuff this year. I'm cool with that. And speaking of uh, just teases, the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth producer Yoshinori Kitase teased a big announcement about Final Fantasy, but unrelated to Final Fantasy VII in his New Year's greeting on the official Final Fantasy website. And the full message is as follows. Happy New Year to you all. 
Final Fantasy 16 is set to release this year, which means Yoshi P needs your support now more than ever. Cheer him out, cheer him on as he gives it his all down the stretch. Also, development is picking up speed for the title that I am producing, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. I am sure many of your collective imaginations are running wild trying to picture how we'll recreate some of the game's most iconic scenes, and we'll have more to share about that when the time is right. There's also another big announcement unrelated to Final Fantasy 7 that I can't say anything about just yet. Rest assured, we are working hard to make sure 2023 is the most exciting year yet. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth producer, Yoshinori Kitase. A remake of Final Fantasy IX and a remastered version of Final Fantasy Tactics appeared on a list of games leaked by NVIDIA back in September of 2021. Many of those games have since been announced, including Chrono Trigger, The Radical Dreamer Edition, Kingdom Hearts 4, and Tactics Ogre Reborn. So... It's a possibility. I, I figured they would remake nine before they remade eight. Because they just like gave eight just like a little remaster. Eight needs to be fleshed out. Eight needs to be given the time and the effort like seven remake. And that would be one of the best Final Fantasy storylines ever if they don't rush it. But I'm okay with them doing nine first. That's fine. Because they'll probably do nine and then they'll end up doing like a 3D version of six and then four. And then maybe I'll get my eight remake. (laughs) Or unless they just decide to redo ten again at that point. I don't know. We shall see. So... Publisher Koi Tecmo and developers Omega Force and, ooh, I'm going to butcher this, Kaushibasawa, in cooperation with Type Moon and Anaplex, have announced an action RPG Fate Samurai Remnant for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, PC, and it will launch 2023 worldwide. And they put out a teaser trailer for that. If you would like to check that out, it is on Koi Tecmo's official YouTube channel. Looking pretty cool, though. I'm all about some samurai RPGs. Give them, give them to me. So, ahead of its June, 2020, uh, June 23rd, 2023 release, Square Enix announced a new Final Fantasy 16... Uh, or, excuse me. Square Enix announced new Final Fantasy 16 news will appear. The company shared this confirmation through its official Japanese Twitter account for the game. While brief, it mentions that more information about it will appear before its eventual release. However, no specific details were shared as to what this information may be, only that new details will be shared at some point in the future. The tweet about upcoming news included a piece of previously released key artwork of several key characters from Final Fantasy XVI. Features protagonists Clive, Jill, Joshua, and Torgal in their early years. The scene features the characters relaxing among some unidentified ruins. Leading up to the release of Final Fantasy XVI, Square Enix has shared a few details about the game. This includes information about its, quote, story mode difficulty, which will include accessories players can equip to make the journey a tad easier. Additionally, the developer also revealed a bit more about the cast of the game, including the role of Jill and Sid will potentially play. In short, uh, oh, in a short gameplay breakdown, Square Enix also provided a glimpse of what skill trees will look like in Final Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy 16 will release for the PlayStation 5 on June 23rd, 2023. So speaking of Square Enix, Square Enix has announced that the third and final DLC for Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, titled Different Future, will launch on January 27th, 2023 for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC via Epic. This DLC follows Trials of the Dragon King, launched in July 2022, and Wanderer of the Rift in October 2022. All DLC offerings are only available by purchasing the $24.99 season pass. For Jack's final adventure, a Moogle appears to warn Jack of a Lufinian trying to erase dimensions, and the Moogle needs help to prevent this, quote, different future from materializing. Interestingly, the font choice used for different future logo is reminiscent of the original logo for Final Fantasy II. A new trailer for this DLC can be found below. 
Oh yeah, well, you, obviously that doesn't count. That doesn't matter for you guys, but that that you can find the trailer on YouTube. Let's see. So Bandai Namco has released a lengthy system trailer for One Piece Odyssey, showcasing the battle system, field exploration, dungeons, and more. Additionally, Bandai Namco has announced that a demo for One Piece Odyssey will launch on January 10th for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Xbox Series X and S. Progress made in the demo will carry over to the full game. This new trailer and details can be found on YouTube via Bandai Namco. One Piece Odyssey is set to release January 13th, 2023 for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, and PC via Steam. So here's a quick game overview for One Piece Odyssey for those of you who may, this may be your first episode. Hi, welcome to the show. (laughs) The game is made up of three main components, dramatic story, adventure, and battle. This trailer will focus on adventure and battle components and will introduce you to their systems and how they work. The RPG genre is easy for anyone to pick up and play. Many people are familiar with its common features. However, in some cases, simple and repetitive tasks such as going back and forth along the same path or simplistic combat can lead to a bland RPG experience. By confronting some of the problems that the RPG genre faces and incorporating innovations that take advantage of unique characteristics of the One Piece world, we have created a gaming experience that keeps players engaged with unique and smart mechanics while maintaining the immersive feel of an RPG story. So, and if you're a One Piece fan, I mean, I think this is going to be just awesome for you. So I'm really, really happy for you guys. (laughs) Um, I look forward to it too. It's going to be something that like, if I like the game, maybe I'll check out the show. That is a heck of a commitment though. Uh, There's over a thousand episodes of One Piece out there. And whoo boy, that's a lot of media to take in. So user Joy Japan has announced that a mobile game for Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel Northern War uh, it will come out in 2023, and the game will use the same setting as the anime, and it will be an RPG. There is not much information on the mobile title yet, but it will have an original story and new characters as well. It will use the Arcus 2 Orbman system from the game. You will be able to play through familiar world of Erebonia, as well as engage in a battle system that's similar to the Legend of Heroes game. Uh, this implies that it will have turn-based combat. The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel Northern War is an anime adaptation of the Trails of Cold Steel saga. It will take place between the second and third games rather than being a direct anime version of the game. The game will also take place within this time frame. Like the game, the show will come out in 2023. The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel Northern War smartphone game is in development and will come out sometime in 2023. It is unknown if the game will appear outside of Japan. So we got a block of Final Fantasy XIV information. So the next Final Fantasy XIV Deep Dungeon will be Eureka Orthos. And more details about the 6.3 edition came up during the Letter from the Producer Live. Uh, I'm awful with Roman numerals, but it is LXXV. (laughs) Um, Director and producer Naoki Yoshida showed off gameplay from the newly randomized dungeon. He also explained what someone will need to access it. This means another reason to meet up with Ko Ramta. The Final Fantasy XIV Deep Dungeon Eureka Orthos requires someone to be at level 81 to get in. You also need to have beaten Endwalker and reached floor 50 of Palace of the Dead. That's the other deep dungeon that debuted in 3.35. Between one and four people can go into this one, and you also aren't forced to take on certain roles. <clears throat> the latest round of details also went over the basics of unlocking Eureka Orthos Deep Dungeon in Final Fantasy XIV once you meet those requirements. Someone needs to meet Ko Ramta and Mordona. Talking to the sons of the St. Koinach researcher makes it possible to explore the new area. However, Yoshida noted that her past quests, but I hardly know and the gift of the Archmagus will be removed. 
The storyline involves Koa's unique connection to the Allegan Archmagus. Final Fantasy XIV is available for PS4, PS5, and PC, and 6.3 will arrive January 10th, 2023. So Square Enix has also announced the dates for Heaven's Turn in Final Fantasy XIV, the annual New Year's event, and it begins in 2022 and carries on into 2023. Everything will kick off on December 31st, 2022, then people will be able to, quote, celebrate until January 16th, 2023. As usual, there will be new items to claim for people's efforts. In order to take part in Heaven's Turn, when the Final Fantasy XIV New Year's 2023 event begins, you need to head to X11.5, Y13.9, and Limpsa Lomensa's Upper Decks. There, you'll find Usagi Bogyo waiting for you. And if you are level 15, you can check in and get a box of fortune. This means a chance to get five special items. One is a furnishing. That's the Heaven's Turn crane banner. There will also be an outfit to put together. You can combine the Heaven's Turn Domaru, Haidate, Kote, and Suneate for a new look. And then they showed a picture of it. And it's cool, man. It looks like some sweet samurai garb. As a reminder, the Final Fantasy XIV Heaven's Turn 2022 event added the gold lacquered tiger helmet, silver lacquered tiger helmet, and white tiger screen. The official site confirmed past events items will be up for sale in the seasonal shop. And during this live letter as well, Yoshida and community manager Toshio Marauchi previewed the planned Final Fantasy XIV Paladin rework. The changes revealed a few significant adjustments to the job as well as the team's aims. According to the team, the goal for the adjustments planned for the job reworks, Paladin included, is to improve the usability of certain actions. For Paladin, this means shortening the job's, quote, rotation i.e. the sequence of skills and abilities executed in a given situation for maximum efficiency and effectiveness. The team is adjusting the rotation to improve Paladin's ability to deal, quote, burst damage. And similarly, the team wants to reduce the Paladin's reliance on damage over time effects. Improving the usability of Paladin's defensive abilities is also a key objective of the Final Fantasy XIV Paladin rework. To that end, the team will implement a variety of adjustments on the job. Overall, the action rotation will be shorter, and accommodate more high-powered actions. The damage over time component for the Goring Blade and the Blade of Valor abilities have been removed with the ability's potency, which is the damage, increased. A new effect called Divine Might applies after weapon skill combos, which allows an enhanced Holy Spirit spell to be cast instantly. This suggests that the use of magic spells may be more directly woven into the physical damage combos. The current Paladin damage rotation tends to emphasize on transitioning back and forth between a weapon phase and a spell phase, dominant by, dominated by using weapon skills and spells, respectively. Defensive abilities are also part of the Final Fantasy XIV Paladin rework. The Holy Sheltron ability has been changed from a damage-blocking effect into a damage-reduction effect, improving its usefulness against enemy DOTs. The team is also revamping and bringing back the Bulwark ability, which was removed previously. The original version of Bulwark increased the blocking rate of a Paladin by 60%, negating more damage from things like auto attacks. Other abilities and combos will also receive adjustment with an eye to their utility. Final Fantasy XIV's Paladin rework will apply during the 6.3 patch period. Patch 6.3 debuts on January 10th, 2023, and as like I said earlier, the game is available for PS4, PS5, and PC. So... Nivon Ichi Software has released the second video in Disgaea 7's Disgaea Private Academy trailers. In the second video, Professor Archer goes over the new Dodeca Max element of Disgaea 7, including information regarding flashy battle scenes, rule-breaking attack range, dobilities that affect the entire battlefield, and more. And if you would like to check this out, you can check it out over on the Nippon Ichi official Japanese YouTube. Uh, 
it, you know, I, I don't think the trailer is in English. Let me double check. No, it is not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you want the visuals, it is there. Disguise 7 is due out for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Switch on January 26, 2023 in Japan. And I'm sure that that will be coming over here sooner rather than later. So another thing in Disguise 7, uh, it seems that in the game, you will be able to freely wander around the netherworld and engage in mini games or buy exclusive items. As these are from leaks, uh... There are no videos or screenshots of these features yet, but as well, until NIS reveals them in a trailer, there is no concrete information on when in the game you can access it. But a new system called Netherworld Tourism will appear, apparently be available in Disguise 7. There will be special conversations that fill in blanks in the story, and you can participate in minigames. It seems like, though, or through Netherworld Tourism, you can freely wander around the Netherworld in a way that you could not before. There, was also, there will also be quests and battles exclusive to when you are touring the Netherworld. One of the mini games that you can play is Netherworld Sumeshoge. It is unclear if there will be a PvP feature for this mini game. There will also be a Hinamoto Martial Arts tournament in which you participate as one of the eight teams. And finally, you will be able to purchase items that cannot normally be found in stores in the Netherworld shops. However, you have to first unlock the Netherworld tourism function. <clears throat> so this was just something that I thought was cool. Um, it doesn't really affect us over here in the States, but for people over in the other neck of the woods, you know, uh, this is pretty, pretty cool. At least as me as a PC player, the game rating and administrative committee, uh, of Korea have rated the legend of heroes, Kiro no Kiseki two crimson sin for PC under the publishing of clouded leopard entertainment, the legend of heroes, Kiro no Kiseki two crimson sin first launched for PlayStation five and PlayStation four on September 29th in Japan and October 27th in Asia while clouded leopard entertainment, which also publishes the PlayStation five and PlayStation four versions in Asia tends to release a PC version of the trail series games sometime after their initial release on consoles. The company has yet to officially announce a PC version of legend of heroes 2 Kiro no Kiseki, but it has been rated. So hopefully that series just continues to do good. And then they just keep bringing them over here. That'd be sweet, because I know a lot of you are like pining for the next new game, and I feel for you. I truly do. So Square Enix has announced a new Kingdom Hearts soundtrack vinyl box set. It is up for pre-order right now on the Square Enix eStore. The collection of three records includes a new song from the upcoming Kingdom Hearts 4, which was used in the reveal trailer. The set will cost roughly $125 and is planned for a release on March 22nd, 2023. The new track included is called Reality in the Dark, and it is the song that was used in the reveal trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4. The upcoming entry in the action RPG series was revealed during the Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary celebration in April 2022. The collection forms part of a line of merchandise celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Kingdom Hearts franchise. The box set includes 36 carefully selected songs distributed among three LP records, each jacket displaying an original cover art for each of the three mainline entries. Some of the songs included are classics like Dearly Beloved, Dive Into My Heart, Destati, Tra Traverse Town, and Shikai Kingdom Orchestra instrumental version. The collection of songs comes with a special illustration card showing Sora's growth from the original Kingdom Hearts to its latest incarnation in Kingdom Hearts 4 along with a plethora of iconic characters from the series. Kingdom Hearts 4 is currently in development, and a mobile spinoff, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, is coming to Android and Apple iOS devices. Its Japanese closed beta test will run January 13th through 18th, January, uh, 2023, and the Kingdom Hearts soundtrack vinyl box set pre-orders are available now in Japan ahead of its March 2023 debut. <clears throat> so, some Fire Emblem Engage news. In Somnio, which is the central hub of Fire Emblem Engage, you can use the bulletin board to access different features or check out your achievements. Through the bulletin board, you can invest in various countries in Elois as well. Or Elios. 
Uh, I probably pronounced that wrong. Like the Garrig Mach Monastery, you can also use the bulletin board to easily teleport around the hub. If it's just moving from location to location or character to character, you will not always need to use the bulletin board. You can just open the main menu and select base information to achieve the same thing. However, if you want to access the achievement or invest menu, you need to use the bulletin board. You can check out what achievements that you've got as well as what you need to uncover. Each achievement will grant you bond shards, though it's unclear how you use those. As for investing, you can invest in countries like Brodia and the Fire Emblem at the Fire Emblem Engage Bulletin Board. After a certain level, you will receive gifts of gratitude, which can range from ingredients to materials to weapons. When you fight countries that have a high investment level, you will get more golden experience, and there is a higher chance of encountering rare enemies as well. Fire Emblem Engage is in development and will come out on Nintendo Switch on January 20th, 2023. Hey, that's a day before my birthday. So, the Neptunia series developer Compile Heart will make an announcement in the January 19th, 2023 due issue of Weekly Famitsu. Further details were not shared, though it will likely be a new game reveal. <clears throat> so the latest issue of the Weekly Famitsu features an interview with Falcom president Toshihiro Kondo, who shared a few more details on the newly announced Ease 30 series 35th anniversary title, Ease 10 Nordics. So here are the keys from this. Nordics is a term that means people of the north. The time period goes way back, after the events of Eases 1 and 2. Uh, Adol is 17 years old and on his way to Celsetta. Dr. Flair Rawl is traveling with you. It's a story of boys and girls. Since this is the first time we're releasing on Switch, the main characters are younger, and par that part of that was considering the user base. I guess it's because they're releasing the game on Switch at, at launch, because Ease 8 definitely came out on Switch, because I have it. <laughs> um... There are only two playable characters, Adol and the Axe Girl. That being said, the action is dense, and there are all sorts of other things that you can do. There are towns, but your base will always be your ship. Solo mode offers the usual high-speed battles of the Ease series. Combination mode lets you pull off more powerful attacks, but the overall speed of battle is slower, so you can fight more carefully. The speed only changes on Adol's side. You can only switch to combination mode when holding down a certain button and it switches back to solo mode when said button is released. Defense carries more major weight. Guarding builds up your revenge gauge, which can increase your attack power. We've taken considerable care to adjust the difficulty level so that a wide range of users can enjoy the game. There are special attacks called mana actions, and there's more freedom when performing mid-air actions. About 20% of the game is sailing your ship. There are maps dedicated to ship and naval battles occur when you encounter enemies. Uh, there is also a growth, i.e. character development, element to the ship uh, they're going to be releasing new footage either in the new early new year or in the spring and hopefully the release date will be around at the same time as usual it said that he laughed at that uh we're quite aware of the challenge we're undertaking in the new field that is switch production is currently underway with the intention of making a game both series newcomers and fans can enjoy east 10 nordics is due out for playstation 5 playstation 4 and switch in 2023 in Japan. And the final bit of news this week, Falcom is planning to release three refined titles, including the recently announced Ease memoir, The Oath and Felgana. President Toshihiro Kondo has instead also in that issue of Weekly Famitsu. Considering Ease memoir, The Oath and Felgana will be available for Switch in spring 2023 in Japan, and Falcom previously said it plans to launch three titles for Switch in the fiscal year, ending September 30th, 2023, 
The other two, quote, refined titles will likely also be available for Switch. E's memoir, Oath and Felgana, is an updated and enhanced version of E's The Oath and Felgana, which was previously released for PSP in 2010. Kondo also confirmed that E's memoir, The Oath and Felgana, runs at 60 frames per second without issue, and the developer is currently working on replacing textures with high-resolution versions. Balance adjustments are also being made with the consideration to the Switch user base. And with that, that leads us to the end of the show. So it is time for some housekeeping, everyone. If you would like to check us out on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash the JRPG Report. Sorry, I'm not that active on there. Um, you can find us over on Twitter at JRPG Report. I am much more active over there. You can, If you would like to check out the Patreon and support the show, that would mean the world to me um you know the support really helps with uh being able to set aside time you know when it, all my days off and stuff it just makes it feel more worth it not that it's not worth it to come to you guys you know what i mean patreon.com slash jrpg report it would mean the world and i would love you love you lots like these wonderful people kim c jake w jordan k kularian and master loot you guys rock and i would like to go ahead and plug one more time the Steam Machine podcast, where me, Nate, Willie play through our backlog, our, our ma- my massive backlog. Their backlog is not as bad as mine. My ma- my backlog on PC is insane. Uh, of Steam games, and we play through them. And right now, we are actually playing through Tomb Raider 2013, which was published by Square Enix. So, if that's something that sounds like it tickles your fancy, go and check it out. We also have uh, some episodes that I did with James. Uh, Tales of Berseria is one that jumps to mind. Um, and we've also covered, you know, a, a good handful of JRPGs. So head over there, check us out. And until next week, or maybe the week after, depending on the news, how it's been, it's been, it's been like dry news. And then they just like a, a plethora of news and then dry and then plethora. I'll make it work. So until the next time I talk to you guys, do me a super solid, get back out there and level up.